and welcome to Sugarberg Going Down Podcasting, a podcast where we talk about Fallout Boy track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and with me until we die is Joe. Hi, I'm Joe. This week, <laughs> <laughs> this week we're gonna do a post hiatus song that I like. I'm. I hope Caitlin likes it. I have it's feelings about it. Good. <laughs> that's a start <laughs> so this week as the title has already told you we're doing last of the real ones which was i think the second single off of mania uh it was the it came out like a week or two after they delayed it into this year can you believe mania came out this year oh my god holy shit this year has been 800 years it's 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 a decade in a year anyways i like the song a lot what are your initial feelings? Do not let the video sway you. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no. So when I first listened to it, I liked the intro music part. I, If I'm just talking about how it sounds, I like it. Once mm-hmm. we get into the lyrics and stuff, I'm like, oh, so this is just more like sad boy bullshit. Perfect. Okay, um, sure. That's, that's <laughs> valid. I just think some of the stuff it does for that works in a way that some of their stuff doesn't. But we can... We can get into that. Should we do it now? We can do that. <laughs> Talk about your feelings on the lyrics of Last of the Real Ones by the Fallout Boys. Uh, well... And then we'll come back to the music since I already know that you like it. <laughs> yeah, it's... I just feel like it's a lot of like... Here, where are my notes? I wrote it down. My exact note from listening to it, uh, as I was listening to it, is on the one hand, seems like usual sad boy pop punk you're not like other girls bullshit on the other hand Mm -hmm. i like the way it sounds so that's kind of what i already said um but i just feel like because it's a lot of the like oh like tell me i'm the only one even if i'm not because i know i'm not meh and like (laughs) um that line's funny and then um to i'm sorry i'm looking at the lyrics just so i can like kind of be mm-hmm. yeah, vaguely informed well. genius.com please sponsor us <laughs> please please just sponsor us please give me money <laughs> i use your service so frequently but i feel like too there's like other ones that really struck me um oh yeah i was just an only child of literally the first the first line is i was just an only child of the universe and then i found you and then you're the sun and i'm the planet spinning around you and it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah and you were too good to be true gold plated mm-hmm. like okay and this whole first verse is just a lot it is, yeah. Because it, it ends with, I know this whole damn city thinks it needs you, but not as much as I do. So apparently, uh, Patrick Stump is dating Batman. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This is a song from the perspective of the Joker. <laughs> it, the rumor come out. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> My take on the the lyrics and theming of the last of the real ones is a really good portrayal of an unhealthy relationship the entire like the chorus goes like right after you just basically read the entire first verse but the chorus goes into calling this person the last of a dying breed people that you connect with and like feel that strongly about aren't as rare as it feels when uh you when it the way that it feels when you split like that's yeah. and that's 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 a very real experience that like i'm sure people relate to more than they'd like to admit there's a thing about this song that i i think a lot about 
uh, a joke exchange that happened on a fucking Patreon episode of Got It Memorized where Wheels is like, oh, Max, we, we were doing a commentary track for a Goofy movie. But Max <laughs> is like thinking nonstop about Roxanne and Wheels is like, oh, they're doing that teenage thing where they're the only thing you think about. And I'm like, oh, does that end when you're not a teenager anymore? Sure uh, doesn't for me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. What was the thing I I retweeted the other day? It was like, why is it so hard to expect my crust to think about me 24-7? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, that's kind of like, no, it's not healthy. But this song, I think, does a really interesting job portraying that. And maybe if, I don't know if it's tongue-in-cheek enough to know that it's unhealthy. Maybe. I hope so. Uh, the whole sort of theming of Mania as an album, I think, digs into that maybe not maybe it's not self-aware enough i don't know maybe i'm giving it a very fair reading and i shouldn't uh (laughs) as i you know i do with media sometimes but um what i like about it representing that is this repetition of the word of you like like you can say oh there's not a lot of rhymes because he just says you at the end of every even numbered line i did notice that too and i was like really i think that repetition fucking rules because i think it really nails across how everything is about this other person like says a line and then and then i found you and then i found you spinning around you spinning around you um etc the second verse only for you only for you i as as much as like i think coming at that with it being like i think the repetition works really well for what the song is about if that makes sense yeah well and like i i agree with you on all of it like i feel like there's a lot that's relatable in this but also like I just don't trust them with it because it's Fallout <laughs> Boy and they have had a history of not having very good depictions of romantic partners who sure. you would presume are women generally questionable, mm-hmm. as we've already discussed. But so, yeah, there's parts of it like because I mean, like the entirety of verse two where it's like I'm a collapsing star with tunnel vision only for you, like all of that shit. I'm like, yeah, that's a mood. But like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, like the follow up <laughs> to that is my head is stripped like a screw that's been tightened too many times. I'm like, that's also a mood. And I think that like that situation and looking to another person as filling those gaps is super unhealthy and bad. I'm just my my take is that this representation of it is a good representation of an unhealthy yeah. situation. So like relating to it from a distance is I don't even know if I want to say that's fine. But like as long as that distance <laughs> is there, you yeah, know. Well, and I mean I don't even have a problem with this part as much. Just I feel like my part of it is the thing that I have the most issue. I think is like the dying breed and last of the real ones part because mm-hmm. that is such a like oh, you're so different, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you're the, like, you're not, again, it's like, you're not, like, other girl shit. And it's Mm. like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. It's like, I, uh, I I get it because I've felt it, but I also know it's bad. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like I haven't even, like, because I felt a lot of the things in this song. I feel like I haven't felt this part of it as strongly as the song, like, mm-hmm. wants me to, it feels like. And I'm like, you know, you could just not be like this. Yeah, totally. Do <laughs> we just do not. We, do we unpack the lyric, I wonder if your therapist knows everything about me? Oh, God, we can. It's a lot. It sure is. You go first. I mean, it's, it's the same as the rest of the song where it's like, I think that's a really good lyric from a distance. Yeah. From a, from a healthy distance of knowing what this song is about and not feeling like I'm in it, which I think Fall Out Boy often walks that line of, should I be in this or not? And usually not. But the songs are about it anyway. And I like those songs being about that, even if, you know, I don't know. 
weird. Yeah. Well, and I just like it does kind what, of feed what? into that like like lo- like I don't want to say I'm not a doctor, but it definitely feeds into that like narcissistic like I love you so much. I hope that you're thinking about me constantly. Like, <laughs> like so I hope, it's like but, I hope you're telling your therapist, but but it's like I feel like there's an irony. What, is, what there does your too. relationship look like if you if your partner has to talk about you all the time to their therapist? Yeah, well, that's what I feel like. There's an irony there of like. If her, like, they have if, to know if, that it's not great, right? Yeah, like if their therapist does know everything about you, like why the fuck does your partner need to talk about you all the time? Like what are you doing to them? Yeah, what's the quote? I was looking at the the Wikipedia article that Pete Wentz described this song as the closest thing to a love song we've had. Not true, but uh, yeah. It's pretty... Hello, hi, me and you. Fuck off. Yeah, Pete sorry. Wentz. Uh, know your own discography, you bitch. Yeah, you've been writing love songs for years. Pete Wentz described the song as the closest thing to a love song we've had, but it's still f- pretty fucking twisted still. Jesus. From my Anyways. beautiful twisted mind. <laughs> Welcome to my twisted mind. I fucking Anyways. hate Pete Wentz. I love him, but I fucking hate I, him. I love Pete Wentz as much as I hate him. It's. But I mean, even on Genius.com, please sponsor us. Um, it, mm-hmm. There's a quote from the, what have the artists said about the song? And it's that kind of love you feel for someone because of their glitches, not in spite of them, where you feel the vacuum of them everywhere and your heart just feels like TNT, quicksand, and oblivion all at once. Uh... Pete Wentz via Twitter. And it's like, that's not even what this song is about. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He makes it sound like it's like, take me as I am from Rent. And it's not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. No, it's about being obsessed with a person in an unhealthy way. Like, I mean, I feel like the second part where he's talking about like, the vacuum, like the vacuum of them and stuff. That I can sounds see that. right. But like loving them because of their glitches, not in spite of them. It's like, that's not anywhere in this. No, at most the, the line about the other person seeing a therapist. But if that's what that means, fuck off Pete Wentz. Seriously. Ugh. Like there's no there's no talk of this person's faults at any point in this song. No, no it's just putting them on a pedestal. Yeah, it's just like, yo, uh, you're perfect and the sun and there's a lot of space metaphors in this. Yeah, there's a lot of galaxy, <laughs> which I think is fine. I'm surprised one of those llamas wasn't wearing a fucking galaxy print hoodie, <laughs> honestly. Oh god, don't I don't want to get into the llamas quite yet. Uh, we don't have to. I'm just I had to say it. Mm-hmm. I mean, their aesthetic is kind of already that of a galaxy print hoodie. Yeah. Anyways. It's so much. Um, the the bridge has the lyrics, uh, I'm here at the beginning of the end, oh, the end of infinity with you. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, really. The beginning of the end is like verbatim a lyric from Young Volcanoes off of Save yep. Rock and Roll. So, I mean, Pete loves to do that anyway. Oh yeah, because uh, he doesn't fucking know how songs work. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, all right, so referencing your old and I think I said this exact thing when we did that. Referencing old songs, fine. Trying to finish a song inside of another song, like this ain't Frog Fractions 2, my dude. <laughs> That's <It's>, not <laughs> Especially like three fucking albums later. What are yeah, you how, doing, how, my guy? I don't know. I'll, try avant-garde things, but I please make them work. But he's just, like, understanding how, like, sequencing and human understanding work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just make it clear. Like, maybe repeat the lyric from that song and then add on to it. Like, that? I would give that credit. Anyways, this uh, this doesn't seem to be that. I think this is just maybe just reusing a lyric. 
maybe it's tying it in thematically with like maybe it's about the same person as young volcanoes it's also just like a cliche ass sentence so it is yeah the end uh, yeah the beginning of the end the end of infinity the genius annotation talks about it being like two different paradoxes i don't think beginning of the end is a paradox i think it's just the words i love that genius <laughs> they mean is a like, thing i love that genius is like it's like it's like an oxymoron you know like jumbo shrimp <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> Well, these are these are fan submitted or listener submitted. Um, so but what this, are you doing? It was my this guys. one was approved. This one has thirty upvotes. Um. Anyways, after that, it's the only lyric in the next bridge that I care about is "Drain the Fear from Me" because that I don't know it ties in. I do think "Done with Having Dreams" is unrealistic yeah. because well, this song weird. is just a weird dream thing. But it's also weird that he's saying, I'm here at the beginning of the end. Oh, the end of infinity with you. And then I'm done with having dreams. The thing that I believe you drain the fear from me. It's weird that he's like, I'm done with having dreams, but also I'm not afraid anymore. Like, you think yeah, it would be the other I, way like, around? I think maybe it's just like, it's not dreams anymore because now I'm just extremely like, this is all real now. I can do whatever I want IRL. I'm not dreaming about my things I'd like to do. I'm just doing them because I'm not afraid afraid because i have arm candy or whatever I bad by the way but um apparently this reference is champion also on this record but i don't know champion well enough to, to i was do gonna that say well i haven't listened to that song yet because i'm okay. only listening to them for this show spoil yeah spoilers for champion whenever we get to it centuries but better <laughs> oh man a lot of uh a lot of mania is american beauty but better <laughs> jesus I feel like I almost, one of these days, I think I'm just going to take all three post-hiatus albums and make one good record between the songs from all three. <laughs> because all of them have, like, things about them where I'm just like, ugh, it drops the ball here, there. But Save Rock and Roll is, like, such a front-to-back piece that it's, like, hard to separate. Yeah, it's hard to, like, dissect mm-hmm. Save Rock and Roll. Even the really weak parts, it's like, yeah, but yeah. if you take it out, mm-hmm. eh, we'll get there. <laughs> so yeah, and then the chorus goes again. Um, musically, I think this track bops. Yeah, um, it's a the, bop. The the piano phrase is really good, and the way that it pairs with the guitars, it kind of creates like this this forward momentum. I it's like a gallop. The song gallops. <laughs> <laughs> it, bops. It's, I it bops. It. I like like I said, I like the way it sounds. I just mm-hmm. lyrically, I'm like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. It has like the right amount of lyrics that are just like like it it knows what it's doing in a way that like centuries I think doesn't because like centuries it draws attentions to lines that I think are bad, whereas I think this song, even if complicated the ethics of them, <laughs> I think uh I don't know, I think they're like if i if I heard this song like in a club or something, it's like cool, yeah. This oh, I works. get down. I get down to this in a club. Yeah, absolutely. But well, and two, like I don't. Centuries just doesn't fucking make sense. This is this song makes sense. It's just so, like, I think it's just it's just emotionally bad. Some well, listen. I listen to plenty of music that is emotionally bad. Um, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just with Fall Out Boy, I wonder how self aware it is. Yeah, well, and I feel like I just have baggage with it, too. Sure, maybe as, like, maybe I should be holding that l- l- fucking magnifying glass up to all my emotionally questionable music, and I should. <laughs> Pop punk, guys, what the fuck is wrong with you? But <laughs> yeah, I listened to it. We were really hard on centuries, and I feel like that's because 
Like that's because song, like, we were right and correct in every way possible. <laughs> I think that that song like it's it's weak in their discography and it's overplayed, but like in a vacuum, it's listenable. Like I, again, like if I if came on in a bar or a retail chain every thirty minutes, it's not bad. It's just like when you hold it under that microscope, it's like here's all the problems. I think we were the right amount of heart on centuries. Probably. I edited it and then I ejected it from my mind. I listened to <laughs> that episode at like 6 a.m. the day it came out because I was going to work and I was like, yep, this is right. This is about right. I still agree with all this. If it like that's the thing, if it comes on shuffle or whatever, I'm like, yeah, this is this is an all right song. Um, I think, I think this song is a lot better. I think Last of the Real Ones is way better. Oh, definitely. Anyways, do you want to talk about the video first or the remixes? Um, uh, probably the remixes. I feel like we should okay. save the video as the weird cherry on top. <laughs> okay. Did you listen to all three remixes? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to do them in the order that they were on Spotify, which may or may not even be the order they came out. But the the first one that I have on my list is, I'm going to have to look it up because I don't even fucking remember. Yeah, I don't either. I like didn't really look at the names or anything. Uh, The first remix was... It's almost entirely unchanged. It just has different verses from different people. I might be saying these names wrong. Maiden, T-Y-O, and uh, Bulo. The the U in that is an umlaut, so I don't know if it's... Yeah, I don't know how to say that. I didn't look it up, and I should have. But oh well. I think their guest verses are weak as hell. (laughs) That's my only... And the song is otherwise completely unchanged. But like, yeah. I like the... I think it's... I think it's the, the Bulo one that has like the the fucking church's ass delivery and yeah, effects I think on it so. i think it sounds fine but like every other line i'm just like all right like that's and i, I think these lines maybe point at the lack of self-awareness in the rest of the song because i make hard eyes i sacrifice i break my neck for you i die for you i die don't do that yeah don't that's not you're making an already very unhealthy song worse and i just need you to not mm-hmm. also that's just like some fucking 14 year old who just read romeo and juliet ass shit mm-hmm. like if you're gonna be suicidal over that kind of shit like be more poetic about it you fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're so aggressive <laughs> i am i just i don't i don't like when people are terrible it turns out i mean that's probably a fair <laughs> thing it's really, to be upset about yeah it's more just like i don't know if you're gonna take the time to remix somebody's songs and add guest verses like be better yeah I, I i have this take on guest verses where i feel like and this is a thing from hip-hop where i feel like if you're doing a guest verse you should be trying to like bring your best game like and, and commonly in hip-hop or like posse tracks or whatever everyone's trying to one-up everyone else. Like, I'm trying to be the best verse on this record, and it's not my record. Like, you don't get that on Fall Out Boy remixes ever. Ever. They did a whole remix album, and none of those verses I feel that way about. Yeah, and, like, I'm not even super familiar with hip-hop or whatever, but I feel like if you're going to take the time to, like, redo somebody else's song, like, there better be a point, you know? Justify your existence on the track. (laughs) Yeah, like, justify even doing what you did. Like, because if it's the same Mm. thing, but with, like, shitty, like, high school-level lyrics, like, I don't give a shit about it. Why should I? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, maybe maybe these people are just like, oh, yeah, I'll take that follow-up boy check. But, and that's valid. Make that bread, but... <laughs> I mean, that's valid, but also you're not an artiste and I won't treat you like yeah. one. 
Eh, I mean, maybe they are in their solo stuff, but I haven't dug, dug into either of these artists. I've never heard of either of oh, these Oh, yeah, artists. no. I'm only judging it off of this. This is not yeah. an artiste track, though, mm-hmm. is what I'll say. Yeah. However, Which, in the context of Fall Out Boy in general, is kind of a funny thing to say, but I it, yeah, stand a little by bit. it. Uh, <laughs> um, the other remixes are, they're, they're two different producers remixing Last of the Real Ones, but the guest verse is the same, and it's from Princess Nokia, who I like a lot. I like Princess Nokia's stuff. Not really familiar with Princess Nokia, TBH. That's fair. She is, I guess, I guess hip-hop artist, because she does do some rapping stuff. Uh, she just sings on these remixes, and her most recent, how, I, yeah, I guess it's an album, technically. I was going to say, is it an album or an EP? But she did um a record this year that I like. It's It took me a while to get it. I didn't like it at first, but I like it now. Anyways, her verse on this comes in at the bridge and like and like her approach to writing this this bridge is like so not at all what the other features did like like a witch on the new moon i conjure to see you soon it's like all right i'm here for that yeah i mean she's (laughs) i like that she's stuck with like the space theme while also being like Mm -hmm. what if i made it like fucking millennial ass witchy shit yeah what if i did this the way i want to which like fucking princess nokia's last album is like what, what's it? oh man i don't remember the name of it i'm gonna look it up a girl cried red and the image of her is is her in like fucking trip pants wearing a <laughs> slipknot shirt oh, and like no. i'm so here for it i, I love that record <laughs> it's i i think it takes an amount of like it, it had to grow on me but I, I just had a I, fucking flashback to it. middle school with that description it very much is it very much is like that but through this lens of like her her music and like this isn't this isn't a podcast about princess nokia maybe it should be but <laughs> uh her discography isn't big enough i really appreciate that she ended up on a fucking fallout boy remix though but yeah so i like her verse a, a decent deal at least way more than the other ones like i think this isn't necessarily even on par with her solo stuff no but, but i think it, it's the best set of these remixes totally totally and then like the way it like cuts from the sun, the stars, the moon are full. Oh my god, you're beautiful. It's just like the the bluntness of that. <laughs> reading reading it, just reading the lyrics, I'm like, all right, whatever. I think the way it's delivered vocally, I'm totally fine with. Yeah, I agree. There's stars in my eyes and you by my side. Yeah, hers was just like I think it, it takes I also just think it takes some of the edge off of like the rough yeah. parts like the rough implications yeah. of this song yeah this is like actually a love poem and not yeah. you are my everything and without you i would die which like yeah. maybe well no this doesn't even like necessarily say you are the sun and the stars this is just they are full you yeah know? it's like yeah we're looking at them together versus mm-hmm. like you are this fucking i revolve around body. you or else i will die <laughs> yeah i feel like <laughs> yeah i think that's why i liked this one the best honestly is because she took it and turned it into more of like a real love song and not like something that's vaguely kind of scary and uncomfortable <laughs> yeah sure so that verse is on two different remixes the win and woo remix and the milk and cooks remix do you have i so heavily prefer the win and remix just because it goes so fucking hard yeah like if that came on at my local gay bar i'd fucking lose it yeah i mean i love we both know i love dancey ass pop shit so like yes i was way more here for that Mm -hmm. the milk and cooks remix is good it's um it's more in line with the original song and mania in general the way it kind (laughs) of like it it grooves more steadily 
but like I'm here for that fucking that banger beat. Bullshit. Yeah, give me a bop. Give me that yeah. bop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now to end it on a sour note, we should talk about that video. Oh man, <laughs> the video that feels like it was an afterthought, and why did this even happen? If you put this video, like this video, the entire video is in slow motion. If you did it in full speed, it would be like probably forty five seconds. It's just one. Can, can well, I, just, I guess it's can like I repeat two. You and the listeners a scene, Joe. Please, 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 please. So I I listened to Last of the Real Ones on my Spotify. No yeah, visuals. I, I made sure to tell you to listen to it at least once before watching the video because I did not want yes. the video to sour your your feelings. Yes. So I did that, and then I hopped onto YouTube on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I open, I, I searched it, and the first thing that came up was this like weird picture of a car, but it was like the Vivo video, and I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is the official video, because some of them don't have videos. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. So I opened the video and I start walking, and immediately my first reaction that I wrote down was, what the fuck is this furry shit? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for listeners who are familiar with the mania body of work, this is the only video Caitlin has seen. And it's yeah. not the fir- this is not the first one to feature these characters. Not that knowing the other ones would give you more context, but... I just, didn't just even a- know that these were characters. I just... Mm-hmm. This is the first mania video I've seen. And so then the next thing on my notes says llamas? Question mark? Because at first I couldn't tell really what they were because they kind of just look like fucked up Muppets for like the first 30 seconds of the video. Yeah, they're kind of vague llama monster things. Yeah, and then... So if you haven't seen the video, it's like this car pulls up and the white llama's head is sticking out of the car window, which I thought it was going to be a dog at first. And I was really excited <laughs> and that it was Puppy. not a it was not a dog. No pups um, allowed. I was very sad. Um, but these two llamas get out of a car and they walk up a dirt road and they drop something on the ground and then they set it on fire and walk away dramatically. And I don't think mm. you ever know what they set on fire. And then they go back to the car, open up the trunk, and Pete Wentz is in the trunk tied up. And then they pull out a shovel and they just start beating the shit out of him with a, a shovel, at which I wrote, holy shit, the llamas killed a dude. Because it <laughs> took me a minute to realize that it was Pete it was Wentz. Pete Wentz. Because, like, the cinematography, they do that, like, indie movie thing where it's kind of blurry and hard to see. Sure. And so I was like, I didn't realize it until I watched the credits. And so that's just, like, the whole thing is they just kill Pete Wentz. And then... Yeah. And 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 it's it's all in slow motion, so it fills out the whole fucking three and a half minutes. Yeah, but that's just the whole thing. And so then I watched the credits... And the so credits are bullshit. The credits are so fucking Just funny. a bunch I, of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. So the credits go, uh, Pete Wentz as himself, the llamas as llamas, um, uh-huh. the llama wrangling specialist as Jaden Smith and Black Bear. <laughs> Uh, that Bonnie... might even be true. They might be the people in the suits. In Maybe, that one. yeah. I have no idea. I and would not be surprised. There are a ton more jokes. Like the, all of the credits are jokes, but one that made me really laugh was body removal by his name is Jeff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it ends. The very last line of the credits says, uh, "I'm pretty sure this isn't how the story ends." So then I was expecting like another like centuries ass uh, like after the credits scene. No, it just ends. No, no I think I think there might be a third llama video this is probably the second one i would guess the first one being young and menace the llama reveal the llama cinematic universe i don't (laughs) 
I, I, I have no idea if there's another one, though. I do know at one point, it might be in the Young and Menace video, I do know there's a point at which the llama takes its head off and it's Brendan Urie in the suit, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Have you seen Have you seen the drunk history that Brendan Urie did for Fall Out Boy? No. Oh my I god, that's to. the most U.S. shit. That's, uh that's if we that, ever do a Patreon. That's just me recording yeah, commentary you, you, for you that as a bonus. Gotta, we gotta save that in some special way. It's it's funny. <laughs> what if it's um, just me getting drunk watching that and then recording my feelings hell on yeah. it? Hell yeah. <laughs> Caitlin audibly pours wine. <laughs> uh, if we ever do merch for like anything, like audibly pours wine has to be a thing. Yeah, I, I want a bumper sticker that says audibly pours wine or something. I don't I don't think I want, we've like, ever a shirt. <laughs> have we ever said that in public or is that just a thing I that think we say? I've said it in public on friends. Twitter. <laughs> Has it been on Twitter? I'm trying to think. If not, there was a there was a whole thing where on my interstitial one shots, um, we were yeah, recording the, and yeah. Riley asked me a question. I just like audibly poured wine while answering while the answering it, and I noticed it when editing it, and I fucking lost it. It's so good. <laughs> Anyways, I think that about covers that. This is there is there any other closing thoughts on the last of the real ones? Questionable I bop. I don't. I don't. Questionable bop. I don't hate it, but like. Mm-hmm. Mm. not quite your brand of pop either no but like close close closer yeah oh did you want to talk about valentine at all yeah okay so this is the thing um let me pull up the whole playlist i forgot i regretted to not fuck what are words i didn't talk about it the first (laughs) three episodes because we were just like we recorded all of them in a day we just like blasted through and i forgot that i was doing this thing where each song i want to pair it with another song that isn't by fallout boy either as a foil to it or just something similar that it made me think of. And I, I have a Spotify playlist running for these. So the first three songs are, are on there and I'm going to be adding them with each new episode. So uh, just a brief, and I'm going to give reasons for them. So just a brief catch up. For Sugar, we're going down to Den Melrose Diner by the Wonder Years because it's the same energy. Yeah. For Centuries, I did Not Before Our Time by Tubbering, which sonically, not really similar, but it's it's a very different song about being remembered and like knowing when to bow out of of like i we don't need to keep doing this anymore we have accomplished what we are capable of accomplishing but we will not do it before we are done because i that probably is our last record uh and for bang the doldrums i did black and white by sky hill i have a soft spot in my heart for sky hill and mainly that's just a sad breakup song that has a lot of really good vocal layering and that's a thing that i didn't talk about as much as i wanted to in bang the doldrums but it's a thing that i like about bang the doldrums <laughs> So for Last of the Real Ones, I paired it with Valentine by Rina Sawayama. Fucking My girl. The most important pop artist of our generation. Yep. This is a song that she released on Valentine's Day of this year, 2018. It's a bop. It is it's, a bop. It's such a good song. And I think it is a good foil as being thematically the opposite of Last of the Real Ones. Yeah, I was listening to it and I was like, why did Joe pick this? Unless it was to highlight just how completely different these mm-hmm. songs are yeah but also what's interesting is uh valentine and then the, the full title being in parentheses what's it gonna be also implements a lot of lyrical repetition to really get across its point um mm-hmm. because what's it gonna gonna be is repeated repeatedly through the song i do like the lyric uh your gendered principles were so incompatible and it it's kind of rejecting this idea of only being one it rejects heterosexual monogamy is is i'm reading the the no i think that's a quote from her yeah an anti-valentine song for those who want a little no strings attached action 
on a day that perpetuates the boring, old, the boring age-old <laughs> narrative of heterosexual monogamy. I love Rina Sawayama. She's perfect. So, so good. Cherry is a queer anthem. And a yeah, good video. It is. We talked about it briefly when we talked about videos in another Watch one. the Cherry video. It's good. Also, ooh, she's going to have new music out in like a week from when we're recording. Oh, hell yeah. So it should be already out by the time you, the listener, yeah. are listening. You, you should be following Rina Sawayama. <laughs> Follow her and buy her music. Mm-hmm. So the way that this playlist works is it has the song, song that we talked about and then the song that I paired with. And I'm just going to keep adding on to it until we die. So uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes of this. And um, yeah. And then they'll it, play that, that uh, at our joint funeral. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, we will die. And it will, that, that will also be podcasted. <laughs> It'll be a live stream. Yeah, it'll be a live stream of our our, our joint funeral. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, so that's that. Um, I'll be doing that in in each episode, I guess. Cool. Let's wrap it up. Let's do the plugs. Um, Where are you on the internet? Oh, I am at CGN8Rs on Twitter.com. And from there, you can find everything else I do. Hell yeah. And I'm on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O, and Samesies for all the bullshit projects I do. Uh, also, review us on iTunes if you like the show. We didn't say it at all in the first three episodes, but it helps oh, yeah. us a lot if you do that. And, and, and stars. Rate. Yeah, five stars. Write a glowing review. Hopefully you're not like a century stan or anything. But... Oops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, so, Caitlin, is this more than you bargained for yet? This one was better. All right. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts.